This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Awesome things. Go with me to the book of Mark, okay? We're going to go to the gospel of Mark, okay? Mark chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 46. Uh, and we're going to read through 52 this morning. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, I'll have it on the screen for you. Here we go. Verse 46. When Jesus and his disciples passed through Jericho, a large crowd joined them. Upon leaving the village, they met a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, Have mercy on my afflictions and heal me. Verse 48. Those in the crowd were indifferent. They scoffed at him for making such a a disturbance. But he kept shouting with all of his might, Son of David, have mercy on me now and heal me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him to come to me. So they went to the blind man and said this, have courage. And when I read that this week, I felt the Holy Spirit saying that there's many of us today that we need courage from the Holy Spirit. We need to have courage in this season, in this time, in the earth. I want you to understand this. You were born for this season. You are alive for this season. God chose you to be alive here and now in this moment in the earth, okay? And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us courage. Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us. The sky is not falling, okay? Listen, I promise you, the sky is not falling. Jesus is on the throne, and he always, always wins, Always, always wins. Verse 50, he threw off his beggar's cloth or cloak, jumped up and made his way to Jesus. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The man replied, master, please let me see again. Jesus responded, your faith heals you. Your faith heals heals you. I want you, if you have a Bible, if you have a digital, underline it, grab that little part right there. Your faith heals you. Go in peace with your sight restored. All at once the man's eyes were open and he could see again and he began at once to follow Jesus walking down the road with him. Let me tell you a little story. Um, this is probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, okay? I'm at a baseball game. Okay, and uh, I'm sitting way in the outfield. Anybody know what what that's like? Okay, you're sitting way out in the outfield. Okay, and you know, like the scoreboards behind us. So like, there's like a scoreboard up by the front where you know they're batting, and I'm trying to look at you know like the pitch count. I'm trying to look at like the strikes. I'm trying to you know just see everything, and like I'm really, really squinting hard, okay? And the guy that I was with, 
at that baseball game, he said, he called me PJ because that's who I was back in Michigan. He said, PJ, try on my glasses, okay? And so I took his glasses and I put his glasses on and it was like the world came alive, okay? It was like, holy cow, it was like seeing in HD, okay? And for the first time in my life, I like had this revelation like, there's a lot of things that I'm blind to that I don't know that I'm blind to, right? Okay? The Holy Spirit's job is to help us see things that we're actually walking through life and we're blind to. We're not seeing it and we're not seeing what God wants to do and we're not seeing what God wants to heal and restore. Things like what we would call strongholds in our life, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five says, we are humans, but we do not war as humans do, okay? We're talking about spiritual things here, okay? We're not talking about earthly things. We're talking about spiritual things, okay? But how many of you know that spiritual things affect earthly things, okay? Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? All right, verse four. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Say that 10 times fast, worldly weapons, okay? To knock down strongholds, okay? Strongholds of human reason and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from the knowledge of God and we capture these rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So Paul is showing us what? We have places in our minds we have places in our souls that the enemy has made a stronghold, okay? This is a place where the enemy has convinced us and blinded us to the truth of God's word, okay? Now listen, he understands this, and this is really big, and this is really, really important, okay? Um, no, stand up for me, okay? Listen, just stay right there, you're good. He understands something. He will probably never get Noah to confess that he doesn't believe in Jesus. Because Noah believes in Jesus, and he loves Jesus, and he's a part of our wonderful worship team, and he's a part of this wonderful church, and he's growing, and he's, and he's succeeding with Jesus, okay? So he understands this. I may never, ever get the day to get Noah to say, you know what, I just don't believe in Jesus, okay? But you know what he's really fighting for? He's fighting to keep Noah blind, okay? Blind to what? Strongholds in his mind, strongholds in his soul. So he goes, if I can keep Noah hurt, if I can keep Noah disappointed, if I can keep Noah from the word of God, why do you think the devil fights you reading the word of God so hard? He goes, if I can keep him out of the word of God, if I can run him ragged, if I can keep him busy, he knows what? What does the enemy know? He will keep these strongholds, these fortresses, these lies that he is determined and placed in Noah's mind and his soul, and he knows what? Noah will never walk in victory in Jesus Christ. Furthermore, Noah will never be a problem 
to the kingdom of darkness. Right? Thanks, Noah. You did a great job. You're just perfect. The greatest fear the enemy has is you. It's the greatest fear he has. The greatest fear the enemy has is you understanding who you are in Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. If you would really understand the cross. I've been doing this thing. I probably take communion multiple times a week now. I just love taking communion. And it's like, Every time I'm in the presence of God, I see this new aspect of the cross. I see this new aspect of Jesus. I see this new aspect of him taking my sin and my failures and my guilt and my shame. I see this new side of Jesus. And he will fight you so that you will never partner with Jesus so that you never experience victory in your life. Because if you experience victory in your life, guess what? You're gonna tell somebody else about it. And guess what? They're gonna find victory. Amen? He wants to keep you blind. He doesn't care that you believe in Jesus. He cares that you are victorious in Jesus. Amen? So we're gonna look at four points from Mark today. And we're going to get some victory for our lives. Amen. Point number one, if you're taking notes, please write this down, okay? Attitude of desperation. Attitude of desperation, okay? Verse 47, Mark 10, 47. So when Jesus, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on my afflictions and heal me. Write this down. Desperation is a key to victory. Okay? Desperation is a key to victory. The man did not care who was around him. Okay? Listen, if you ever want to hear some great worship, meet me up here on Sunday mornings, okay? I know the worship team, they're doing a great job, and Jess and the band, and Hannah sounded amazing today. She's got them gospel runs in her, and we just love them, okay? Listen, I know we love that, but if you want to hear some real worship, come stand right here with me on a Sunday morning, okay? Listen, Michael, my son, the other day, he said, Dad, we should just like one day let you sing one song, okay? <laughs> just one song, Okay? Where am I going? I just, I just give it my all. I'm just so desperate for the presence of God. And I don't care who's around me. I don't care what I sound like. I don't care what any of you think about how I sound. And listen, it's bad, okay? I'm gonna tell you right now, it is not pretty, Okay, there's no harmonizing. There is nothing but bad, bad notes coming out of this mouth, okay? <laughs> What's the reality? I don't care. I don't care. You know what I care about? I care about singing to my king. This man did not care who was around him. 
He was desperate. He was desperate for victory. He was desperate for life. He understood outside of Jesus, there was no answer. A lot of us feel like this. We're riding the marriage roller coaster with the highs and the lows and the loops and the corkscrews. We're riding financial ups and downs. We're broke. We have debt issues. We are bankruptcy after bankruptcy after bankruptcy. We feel like we're in quicksand. We can never move forward in our job. We can never get ahead in our relationships. And we could go on and on and on about the things that we feel. And the reality is we, we search the earth for answers. And, he had, and yet Jesus goes, I just need you to be desperate for me. I just need you to call on me. I just need you to yell real loud for me. I just need you to not care about what everybody else thinks about you all the time and just call on my name. I just need you to be desperate for me because here's the truth. Jesus knows when you're at the end of yourself, right? He knows the difference. Just like you know, like all the parents in the house, you know when your kid is crying, when you're like, you need to be quiet. That's not even real, okay? Like, you're just making that up. You're a, it's amazing how children can whip up tears, okay? I mean, it's a God-given talent, okay? Right? You're like, I know that I know that I know. That is not true. But you know the moment your kid yells out in real pain, you know, right? And you're attentive, God loves when we get to the end of ourselves. God loves when you're like, man, I'm just so desperate. I don't know where the answers are. And Jesus goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Come to me. Come to me. They're all in me. They're all right here for you. Point number two is this. The enemy will always try to shut you up. Verse 48. Those in the crowd scoffed at him for making such a disturbance. Look, um, I'm gonna tell you a little story. So about, oh, maybe, maybe eight, nine years ago, I'm working at this church called Living Word Church up in Dayton, wonderful church. Pastor Pat's a wonderful pastor. And uh, Pastor Pat told us, hey, we're going to do uh, this class called BSS BSSM. It was from Bethel. Anybody familiar with Bethel um, out uh, in California? Amazing church, amazing people, okay? And uh, he said, we're going to do this ministry school, and, and we're going to, you know, have live feed. And uh, he said, we're going to worship at first, and then, you know, we're going to take these classes with Bill Johnson. And um, I remember, like, the very the very first, uh, like, video, video worship. And I had never seen Bethel worship, like, ever before, okay? The very first, like, worship. Matt, what was the song called? Yeah. Catch the, Catch the song above your head, okay? Okay, so I'm gonna do my best to, to show you this lady, okay? This lady was going, 
Catch the sun above your head. Jesus is alive. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. She'd be like, catch the song. And then she got a flag and she started, you know, doing twirls. Jesus is alive. And I was like, yeah, I don't think he's alive in this right here, okay? <laughs> I was like, I am, I am really not feeling this, okay? You know what that is? It's a demonic spirit from hell that would want me to judge somebody expressing their love for Jesus Christ. And it's the same demonic spirit that's trying to shut up the earth right now. Okay? Because the enemy hates two things. When you are desperate for Jesus and you worship him. When you worship, when you worship Jesus, the presence of the Almighty comes. And he will do anything to shut up the church of Jesus Christ. Now listen, you're never gonna see me with flags. You're never gonna see me catching the song above my head, okay? Totally respect them. That's just not me, you know. But to be honest with you, some of you come in, you, I mean, you're from different backgrounds, and I'm like, my hands are raised, and I say, hey, raise your hands to heaven. And you're like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if they could go any further. You know, and you're like, oh, I don't know. So I get it. I understand it. But we worship because we're calling out in desperation, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we want you. And the enemy will do anything to shut you up. The man was desperate. Love us, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along Christ's triumphant procession meaning this, that we are supposed to live in victory with Jesus Christ. And the man goes, I know that you are Jesus. And here's what's interesting. He couldn't see, but I'm sure his ears were really, really good. And I know that I know that that man had heard about what Jesus had done. And he cries out. He cries out. Listen, um, most of you don't know this. But for the last seven months, I have fought like the craziest heartburn you've ever had in your life. Anybody ever had heartburn before? Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. We all need to start a club, okay? A heartburn club, okay? Now, listen, most time you have like heartburn like, you know, like before you go to bed or like a certain point. This has been like 24 hours a day. Craziness. And, um, and I've been praying and praying, and praying, and praying. And how do you know that sometimes you just keep praying and praying, and you just get weak in your prayer? Because it's been a long time, and you're like, God, what is happening? But the other day, I just got real desperate. I got really, really desperate, and I just called on Jesus. I don't know what to do! Just like that. I was literally in this room, and I was like, 
I don't know what to do. And he loves when we get there. And I heard the small voice inside of me just go, I do. I go, well, can you let me know? Can you please reveal this to me? See, God loves to partner with us. And he just spoke a couple really simple things to me. And I started doing them. And like the last four days, I'm like, oh God, you are so wise. Like, thank you, Jesus. The enemy wants to shut you up. You can't let him shut you up. Point number three. Gotta let go of the past. Gotta let go of the past. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him to me. So they went to the blind man and said, have courage, get up, Jesus is calling for you. So he threw off his beggar's cloak, jumped up, and made his way to Jesus. Okay? Now there's a lot of times in the word of God where we don't know why this word is used, but usually there's a reason that God put that word there. And when I saw the word beggar's cloak, it just kind of stood out to me. Like, why, did, why is this word there? And so I started to research and look into what the beggar's cloak represented. And it says this, in biblical days, a, beggar, uh, a blind beggar was often seen as a curse, okay? There was really no way to support yourself financially. So beggars were given a cloak, okay, in which gave them permission to beg. So this cloak was his way to be able to beg for money, to make money in that day and time, okay? It says this, beggars were defined by the cloak they wore, okay? So the cloak gave them identity, all right? Usually the cloak was the beggar's only possession, and it was their only source of income. See, this is why it's really important to let the Holy Spirit lead you when you read the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will go, I, I need you to see this because there's a, there's a depth to this Word right there. Okay? You have to understand this. You cannot grab the future that Jesus has for you if you can't let go of your past. When he let go of the cloak, he was letting go of his past. The reality is this. We find comfort, security, and identity, though, in our past, in the past of our pain, our hurt, our failure, mistakes. And it sounds messed up, but we all do it. We all do it. We all have moments of rejection. We all, always, we all have moments of pain. We all have moments of, you know, undescribable things that have happened to us. And we allow those moments in our life to become our identity. Right? So I remember for years, I would say this line. I came from a broken, divorced home. How many in here have came from a broken home growing up. Raise your hand real high. Okay. So I came from that, okay? And I remember early on in my marriage, I would say that to somebody, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit goes, don't say that anymore. 
that's not who you are. That is not your identity. That is not your future. That was the past and that died in the past and you are alive in me in Christ Jesus and you are not going to have a broken home. You are not gonna have a broken marriage. Your children will never experience this and they will live generation after generation after you living in the victory in the life of Jesus Christ. We have to let go. It's almost like it's a security blanket for us. We hold on to it. And this man decides to let go. And if we don't let go, we can't have the next point. And the next point is where we're getting to. The next point is what Jesus does, and it's amazing. But we have to decide, this is not my identity. He decided, this cloak, that is my only source of income, my only source of security, my only identity that I have, I'm gonna let it go because Jesus is here. And I'm gonna let Jesus be my security now. I'm gonna let him define me, which leads us to point number four, this word sozo, okay? This word sozo. This Greek word is defined this way. Delivered, saved, restored, healed, renewed, made whole. I'm gonna read that again. Delivered, saved, restored, healed, renewed, made whole. Worship team, you guys can come up, okay? I need you to see this is what Jesus did for the blind man, okay? This is what he did for him, okay? But I need you to see something bigger. This is what Jesus will do for you, okay? This is what Jesus will do for you. Delivered, saved, restored, healed, renewed, made whole. Okay? When we do what? When we partner with Jesus. When we partner with Jesus. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this, And it is impossible to please God without faith. It didn't say it's impossible to please God if I don't read the word enough. It didn't say it's impossible to please God if I don't worship enough. It didn't say it's impossible to please God if I don't pray enough. It said what? It's impossible to please God without faith. Because if I'm not walking in faith, I'm not really trusting Jesus. Do you get that? Catch that? If I'm not walking in faith, then I'm going, I really don't need you. I got my own deal, and I'm gonna be able to do it on my own, and I just can do it in my own strength. And so the Lord goes, I want to partner with you. Because the verse goes on and says this, that he is a rewarder of those who seek after him. So here's the deal, okay? And I think we struggle 
in the body of Christ with us, with this understanding, okay? I need you to understand, Jesus has a part, okay? And his part is what? To bring sozo, okay? His part is to do what? To deliver, to save, restore, heal, renew, and make whole. This is Jesus' part, okay? But I need you to understand something. You have a part to play in this also. So if you're blind or you have hurt, you have pain, you have disappointment, God goes, listen, I can heal, restore, renew, change it all. But you have a part and your part is what? I need you to come to me. I need you to be a part. Listen, there's an equation that equals this word sozo. And there's God's part and there's your part. Verse 51, Mark 10, 51. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The man replied, the master, please let me see again. And Jesus responded, your faith heals you. What is Jesus really saying? Your desperation, your trust in me, coming to me, your faith has healed you. We are in a partnership with God. So let me show you how this works, okay? So the man is desperate, so he calls on Jesus, number one. Number one, the man is desperate. Number two, when the enemy tries to shut him up, he doesn't stop. Did you get that? When the enemy tries to shut him up, he doesn't stop. Because there are so many times that you'll pray for something one time and the enemy will come in and go, I, you know, you didn't really believe that. You don't really walk in faith. God's not really real. God did it for somebody else, but he won't do it for you. And guess what? You will shut up just like that. Right? So number one, he was desperate. Number two, he came to him and he said, I'm not gonna be shut up. Number three, he let go of the cloak to make Jesus his identity, right? So he makes Jesus his identity, and because now Jesus is his identity, he can do what? He can walk in faith, number four, right? Number four, he can just walk in faith, and not the faith of this world, because listen, the faith of this world will leave you broke, dry, hurting, desperate, alone, So he does these four things, and then what happens, number five? Jesus does what only Jesus can do. Because there's a part of this whole equation of your life that Jesus can only do this part. Because why? He's the healer. He's the restorer. He's the renewer. And then number six, what does Jesus do? He brings sozo. Jesus, all in one moment, and this is what I love about Jesus, all in one moment, because we think this, when we give our lives to Jesus, we think like, yes, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and Jesus goes, I wanna do way more than just that. I am so much more interested in just you getting saved. He goes, Jesus delivered, saved, restored, healed, renewed, and made the man whole, all in one moment. The man was saved. He put his faith in Jesus, right? 
Isn't that what being saved is? I take my faith out of the kingdom of darkness and I place it in the kingdom of light. So the man was saved. He got his sight restored. He got delivered from his identity where his identity was in a beggar. He is no longer a beggar. We are blessed to be a blessing, amen. His sight was restored. All of this at the exact same time. All of it. One moment in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords changed everything. Amen? So when we read the Word of God, God's going, I showed you this so that you could see that I'll do the same thing for you. Let me end with a story. Years ago, I worked for this great church called Valley Family Church. I worked there in Michigan for 10 years, okay? We were incredibly close with our senior pastors. They had four children. We basically, in some regards, helped raise their children. Their children would stay with us. We were their youth pastors. And over those nine years that we were at that church, we just grew in different positions. We were always a youth pastor, but Jess and our worship team and the youth group became the worship team of the main service. I became the creative arts pastor there. And we just, we just grew and our relationship with them grew. And we were, it was just like, they were like spiritual, um, like mom and dad to us. And we were just growing up in the kingdom. And, um, and then I'll never forget the day the Lord spoke to me and said, I need you to leave. I need you to do something else for me. I need you to go help Pastor Pat. He would wake me up in the night. The Lord would wake me up and give me visions and, and speak to me about going and helping Pastor Pat. But how many of you know that when you're yoked together with somebody, when you say, hey, by the way, we've been here nine years and we love you and we know you love us and you got great plans for us, but hey, we gotta let you know we gotta leave. How many of you know you are now going in different directions? And that is painful. And how many of you know that when there are painful moments, things are said that would never be said because it's just you're reacting out of pain, right? And so it just, I'll just be honest with you. I won't go into the details because the details are just crazy. But this relationship that was birthed for nine years and it was so good and it was so fruitful and it was so Jesus, it just got fractured. I mean, fractured. And so over the last 10 years, we've never spoken to them in 10 years and they've never spoken to us in 10 years. Their children that we were, that we loved and helped just poured our lives into, we never went to their weddings. It was just the relationship was totally broken, fractured. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? You know a feeling of that, okay? So about four months ago, I'm in the presence of the Lord and he goes, I wanna heal this relationship. I wanna restore this relationship. This isn't my kingdom. In my kingdom, I restore, I heal, I save, I renew. This is not me. 
So I go, God, but what do you want me to do? We haven't talked in 10 years. We don't live by each other anymore. And he said, I want you to reach out to them. What does God do? And he's going, I need you to partner with me, right? I need you to partner with me. And so about four months ago, I just sent a message um, to Pastor Beth. And I said, I know we haven't talked in like four, you know, 10 years. And I know like there's all this stuff, but I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying he wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to renew. And how many of you know, like, you want like an instant response, right? You're like checking like every 10 minutes, like, did I get a response? Did I get a response? Did I get a response? I didn't get a response for a day. I didn't get a response for two days. I didn't get a response for three days. I didn't get a response for four days. Like finally on the fifth day, I get this response. Let us know the next time you're in Michigan. How many of you know I don't go to Michigan too often, right? I don't live in Michigan anymore. I don't go to Michigan. So, for like the last two weeks, every time I prayed, I don't know if you've ever felt this way with the Lord, but every time I prayed, he would go, fix it. I want this fixed. I want to heal this brokenness. This is not me. This is not my kingdom. This is not how I operate. I want this fixed. And this is like day after day. Have any of you ever felt that way with the Lord? The Lord will remind you daily, daily. You cannot get away from it. He keeps telling you and telling you. And so finally, I'm just like exasperated with the Lord. I'm like, all right, God, I will call them and I will go Monday. So I called them. This is like on a Friday. I said, hey, I'm coming Monday. Can we do dinner? They said, let's do dinner. So me and Matt, we drive to Michigan last Monday talking about a bunch of church stuff. The best moment was like, we get to the hotel, like I'm unpacking, I'm gonna like change. And Matt was like being super nervous for like an hour or two. And he was just like, hey, um, you're not making me go to this dinner with you, right? And I was like, no, bro, we're, we're good, okay? Because Matt understands the whole situation. And so I, get ready and I'm driving to this dinner. And how many of you have ever felt this way before? You're like, what am I doing right now? Like what in the world am I doing right now? I haven't, I haven't seen these people in 10 years and it was so, it was so vile. Do you ever know like when the enemy fractures something is so vile and so bitter and it's so painful. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? And I'm in my head, I'm like, am I gonna like give him a handshake? I'm gonna give him a high five, you know what I mean? Like, this is like just being real life, real talk. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I remember the Holy Spirit goes, I've taken care of all of it. You did what I needed you to do. Now I'm gonna do what only I can do. and I walk it to them in the parking lot. And Pastor Beth just gave me this really big hug. And then Pastor Jeff just gave me this really big hug. 
went to dinner and we just talked for like three hours. And then when dinner was over, they were like, hey, why don't you come stay at our house tonight? I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Like, I haven't seen you in 10 years. But they're like, hey, Eric, their youngest son, he was like my kid. Like if I've ever had somebody in my life that I loved like my own children was their son, Eric. And they're like, Eric, he was actually home from Australia, from Hillsong. They said, Eric's at home. Why don't you come home with us? And so I come to the house, like I walk into the basement and Eric looks at me like he had seen a ghost. Like it was like a monster, okay? It was just like, what is happening? It was like, he gave me this big hug and I gave him this big hug and I gave his wife a hug. She was a part of our youth group. And like for the first 30 minutes, it was like just pure shock. You know what I mean? Like if you ever had that moment, it's like just pure shock. And then like three hours later, we're still talking. And then I get into the car to go back to the hotel and I'm like, God, you are so good. You're the healer. You're the restorer. You're the renewer. You make things new. But what did he need? He needed me to partner with him. Amen? That's all he's asking. So I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes this morning. I want to ask you to ask the Lord three things this morning. First question is this, God, where am I blind to the things you wanna heal? Things in my past, broken relationships, fractured things, God, what are, are the things, Lord? If you gotta write this down, write it down, okay? Because the Lord will use this this week He'll use this. He's gonna mess you up. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna wish you never came this morning because God is gonna mess up your life in a good way. God, where am I blind? Where are the places I'm blind that you want to heal? Second question is this. God, what steps do I need to take to partner with you? Lord, what steps do I need to take to partner with you? God, I'm desperate. I want to partner with you. I want to partner with the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three is this. Just declaring to the Lord, Lord, I want sozo in my life. I need sozo in my life. I need to be delivered, I need to be saved, I need to be restored, I need to be healed, I need to be made new. I need so-so in my life. Why don't you stand up this morning? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.